everybody, and welcome to another podcast, All Things Considered Franchising, powered by Scott Milas, FranchiseCoach.com. I am your host, Scotty Milas, and we got a dandy today, somebody that I have gotten to know, a guest uh, that I've gotten to know over the years, and uh, I would say is probably one of the uh, uh, just brilliant minds in franchising, uh, really kind of has his uh, his fingers uh, on the heart of the industry. Uh he is director, uh, senior director, recently promoted senior director of development uh, with franchise Fastlane, which is a leading franchise sales organization, uh, an FSO known in our uh, world. Uh, and he is uh, handling development for Everline Coatings and Services. He is also a franchisee with the brand and also a franchisee with All Dry. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But he is also an entrepreneur in a couple of aspects. Uh, so he's uh, just kind of one of those multi-diversified uh, individuals who's kind of uh, built his uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurship empire, uh, building his wealth. Um, welcome, uh, Mike Sampson. Mike, how you doing? Well, Scotty, I'm doing great. Uh, you you call me a beautiful mind, man. <laughs> I'm going to come out of your podcast every morning and start the day this way. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Mike, you know, um, just to get our, 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 our audience caught up, you and I connected because we've worked on a couple of placements um, and uh, have gotten to know each other from some seminars and conferences. And uh, you you have an interesting background because uh, you come out of retail, got into franchising. You really kind of uh, have have landed in that development role. Uh, franchise Fastlane has become a leader in the FSO market, helping companies uh uh, that have uh, franchised and now want to get into selling franchises or offering franchises. We don't sell franchises. We offer franchises. So tell us a little bit about your background, uh, you know, how you got to where you are now, and then we'll get into kind of the industry itself and then eventually get into talking about the brands that you represent and, you know, uh, go from there. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a retail uh, uh, boy. I started, uh, as a full-time sales associate uh, working in the computer department at Best Buy uh, when uh, I got out of college and, and really learned how to be a leader at Best Buy. And I spent 16 years there. Wow. Uh, most of it was field facing. So think area manager, district manager. Um, you know, I did spend a couple of years in corporate learning, um, you know, how to uh, launch categories and things like that. But here's where, uh, my retail journey ended. Um, I'm sure everybody here on this podcast has heard of reorgs or restructuring. <laughs> yes. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I think I've probably led teams through, you know, probably more than five, maybe up to 10 reorgs as we restructured different components of Best Buy. I myself was caught up in five of them and, and I just couldn't do it anymore. <clears throat> I mean, you can only be told so many times you know, your, your livelihood may be at risk. Right. I started looking for something else. Um, I did spend a couple of years uh, with a T-Mobile dealer, again, being a district manager. Um, and then a friend of mine who's in the franchise industry uh, started talking to me about it. And, and franchising to me was the best kept secret out there. I had no idea right. um, what kind of living you could make in, in different positions in franchising. So it's that simple. I, I had a breakfast with him. Uh, later that night, I had an interview. Two days later, I was on a plane uh, flying for another interview. And uh, I started 
uh, with a franchise called Legends Boxing, which was a boxing yep. fitness concept. Um, and uh, there's a gentleman named Michael Debenham, who I owe everything to, because uh, he took a chance <clears throat> on me, brought me in, uh, and I was working on Legends. Um, and then I spent some time on Deca Lash, which I'm sure you yep, uh, are Deca, yep. with as well. So I want to give a shout out to my friends at Deca. And then uh, uh, when the pandemic hit, um, it really hit the gym industry, right? So Legends paused for a while. And at the same time, Fastlane was looking for a brand director. Um, so that's where I jumped into the franchise Fastlane. And I've been there ever since. Um, wow. Yeah. So... I, I guess in your world where you were in the in in in, in a Best Buy, and then you started to look into the franchising, got introduced. It was probably a little bit of culture shock for you that franchising was, you know, as, as my friend Emily uh, says, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot to franchising outside of the Golden Arches and the five dollar foot long. So when you looked at the industry and kind of took a, a you know got introduced to it. What were your initial thoughts? I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you heard of franchising. I mean, it, it's it's not a secret, but again, it's that McDonald's, Subway. Oh, wow, really? There are other franchises. So what was your initial reaction or thought about the industry as you started to explore uh, sure. opportunities? Um, well, obviously excitement, right? Because you're, you're making a jump from from industries, but then there's fear. Right. <laughs> could, could you, it's the unknown but, but here's what happened to me quickly, um, really almost into the second day of, of my training. I realized everything that I learned at Best Buy transfers into the position I had as a brand director representing a brand. And, and then when I became a franchisee, it, it even further emphasized that point. Everything I learned transfers. So um, what it's done for me, in my day job representing brands is I can relate to the, the same individual I'm talking to because they're corporate America executives um, either looking to, to avoid a reorg or, you know, build a, a, a wealth platform where they can leave corporate right. America in a couple of years. And I'm living proof. Everything you learn at corporate America will apply in that franchise when you run it. So that's that, that is a great analogy that that's I, I I have to say that that's catchy in the sense of uh, how how comfortable you became in the industry because of what you learned in corporate America. Oh, without a doubt. So, you know, whether you're at corporate, um, you're leading people, right? You're working on P&Ls, you're launching product category. I happen to come from the field. So, you know, I was running stores, right. There's nothing different running <clears throat> Um, a T-Mobile or a Best Buy versus running an All Dry or an Everline, it, it's just a different product category. So um, the other thing that I learned that gave me comfort is at Best Buy, you have a standard operating platform or an SOP. It's a business plan, right? You got to right. go execute this. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in a franchise. You go execute their business plan. Um, so th there really wasn't that big of a change for me. But I'll tell you, the biggest change that inspired me is that call it Best Buy or any corporate America uh, company you're working for, you might make a great income, but I didn't know how to create wealth. And, you know, you're only going to get so many stock options or you're only going to build your right. 401k so big. And then if you hit a couple of reorgs, all of a sudden that gets taken away or, or limits uh, your ability. But when you own your own business, now you can really go create wealth. So it just, it all came full circle to for me 
um, when I started learning about the industry and it started obviously in a, in a brand director role, but I started seeing, you know, people just like me buying franchises and it was like, why wouldn't I do this? Right. I got right. the same yep. no, that, experience. That, that's so, all. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, uh, so you work with a lot of different individuals. Uh, obviously you work with individuals that come from consultants like myself kind of set the table for you, kind of give you the background of, you know, the potential client person that's interested in a specific brand. Um, and then you're working from them, working with them to introduce them to an opportunity and take them through the process to see if it's something that you would like to award them a franchise. And of course, something that they would want to accept. Um, when you look at the profile and you touched on it a little bit, because our audience, you know, are probably people that are considering franchising as an option. They're looking to kind of build that wealth um, and, and wealth is part of it. But where are the common denominators of the people that you're talking to? I mean, is there, you know, one or two or three besides that wealth that people want to exit corporate America or even just say, hey, I don't even want to get into corporate America. I just graduated college. I've gotten my feet wet a little bit. You know, where, what are you seeing as the traits, the character of the, sure. the the individual coming into franchising? Yeah, that's a really good question because that could be its own podcast, right? That's right, exactly, talking. exactly. Um, what I see, well, first of all, I'm dealing with mostly um, folks that are executive level, right? That, um, the, a lot of the folks that I deal with, you know, they might be a VP of marketing or a senior manager in um, one capacity or another. Uh, I see a lot of retail folks come over. Um, and then I actually see a lot of other franchisees um, of other brands. And, and once you open your first franchise, you'll notice um, to get the next one running and the next one running, it, it, it's all the same skill set. So once you learn how to manage a manager, right. um, I deal with what we call empire builders, right? They go out and they <laughs> add multiple brands across their uh, portfolio. But, but here's the common trait. Um, number one, people are tired of making money for other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it's like I said, it's the same skill set to make money for yourself from what I've seen. So they're tired of making it for someone else. Um, oftentimes their family comes up in the discussion, whether you call it like a legacy play, um, but creating wealth and maybe even generational wealth for their family um, versus just continuing to work and having a limited income, you know, where they're currently at. And, and then the other trait I see is people that are great at execution, mm -hmm. but they're not visionaries or ideators. And, you know, when you start thinking about wanting to build a company for yourself, if you're not great at, at ideation or if you're not a visionary, you don't know what to do. But with franchising, exactly. somebody already did that, right? So right. I see a lot of executors where they're, they're great at executing a business plan for someone else. They're comforted because now they can take that company's business plan uh, and go execute it. So uh, amongst the group I see, you know, wealth creation, generational wealth, legacy play for their family, um, security are all reasons why they do it. Um, the, the person who comes over are really great executors uh, that right. I tend to work with. Also. You know, you bring up a great point because when I when I work with my clients, you know, I kind of try to define to them or get a better understanding about, are they an entrepreneur? 
I mean, everybody has a little bit of an entrepreneurship in them, but I've we've always looked at at, at my company entrepreneurship as two things. There is the visionary entrepreneur that you mentioned. Uh, they are the people that have it all upstairs and they want to get it on paper and they want to put the plans together and the operations manual and you know they want to hire the people to you know implement all that. And then there's the what I call the process entrepreneur. What you're describing in franchising, the person who wants to come in and says, look, I've got all the management skills, but I, you know, I just went through X amount of years in corporate America, you know, putting this together with that and dragging this department into that and trying to coordinate it. I don't want to do any of that anymore. I want to just take the systems and manage it. Is, is that a fair assessment of, of somebody who is looking to get into franchising to have that uh, process entrepreneurship? understanding to be successful yeah scotty you hit the nail on the head and you know the in our model we'll see either semi-absent owners who hire a gm and that's kind of as you were talking the first example you gave me where like the semi-absent owner might keep a job or have a portfolio they're managing and, and they get the vision of what we're trying to do with everline and they need an implementer or an executor and they go hire a general manager that takes off with it and then a lot of our owner operators fit that that second model you discussed where they're taking the business model, taking the SOP and just execute it and go create wealth for themselves. So uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Good, good. One last thing about uh, people that may be interested in thinking about franchising, you know, a lot of conversations about uh, with clients about franchising. There's this misnomer that, you know, or misunderstanding, I guess, that, you know, franchisors. Uh, do everything for you. You know, they're going to find you clients, they're going to find you leads. And I try to explain to people that this isn't easy. Uh, you know, even though you have the model and the systems, there's still implementation, there's still management. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. And when somebody invests in a franchise, it's not built or successful in a day. I mean, does somebody really have to have some patience getting into this and understanding that it's not an on and off switch that, you know, you got to, you got to get out there and work the business. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's one of the things that I talk the most about with my candidates is just realistic expectations as you're building your business model or your pro forma. Um, so think of it like this. So, so we'll just use, you know, district manager at Best Buy as my example. There's probably 52 district managers across the, the company. We all work the same playbook. Okay. Right. Company built that for us, right? Now we got to go execute it. And, you know, there at the end of the month, there's the best district manager and there's the worst district manager and everybody had different levels of execution. It's the same way in franchising is the brand has built the model for you to follow. It's proven. They did it. They've shown you how to do it. Now it's up to me as a franchisee in, in, in my example now with Everline to go implement it. And, and that's hard work, right? Like, it's not easy to go implement a business plan. Um, but the comforting thing is I don't have to create it. Right. Um, franchisees yep. don't have to create it. All we got to do is go execute it. So um, I harp and harp and harp on execution. And again, there's not that much difference between a, a job you might be leaving. You got to execute their playbook. You come into right. franchising, you got to execute the playbook. Right. And the folks that are going to set the pace in the franchise are the ones that are the most disciplined to execute. Right. The ones follow that, the plan, you know, follow the model. Follow the plan. 
the ones that get kind of sidetracked by shiny things or want to recreate the wheel all the time, they'll still do okay, but it slows you down versus just executing. So yeah. um, I, I, I always, I always question the person or scratch my head about the person. Can I, who's always asking, can I do this? Can I do that? Why can't I do that? And it, I've always used the analogy of, well, why don't you call the CEO up at McDonald's and ask him if you can change the golden arches to green arches. Right. I can tell you, I know exactly what he's going to tell you. So, Follow the process. Good ideas, great ideas. Get to know the brand six months, 12 months, and then present those great ideas. But don't try to reinvent the wheel that you know you think you're you know more than the systems that have already been created. Yeah, um amen. Mike, you um so not only are you in development, senior development director uh with Fastlane representing Everline Codings, but you are someone that has diversified your portfolio. You're that um what I would call that multi-level entrepreneur. So you are your position with Fastlane uh, as a director, as I said, but you're also a franchisee with Everline uh, Coatings and Services and also All Dry. So let's talk about Everline Coatings because it's a brand you also help people get a better understanding. If you were going to tell me about the three or four bullet points about the opportunity what, you know, uh, somebody out there that's listening saying, hey, what are you looking for in a, in, in, in a franchisee or what are the qualifications? Talk to me. Give me some, let's learn a little bit about Everline. Well, well first, let me explain what we do. <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> Great uh, idea. Yeah, yeah, so Everline is line striping and parking lot maintenance. And uh, we are the largest line striping and parking lot maintenance company uh, in North America, uh, we started in Canada, and then uh, in 2022, so just last year, uh, launched into the U.S. And uh, we bought 51 franchisees on board the first year, wow. uh, to the tune of about 231 territories. Uh, so it's moving and moving very quickly. Um, so that's what we do: is you know, when you drive into your next parking lot and where you park, <laughs> we stripe them. Um, you got cracks in the parking lot. We fill it, potholes, light, uh, sweeping, power washing. It's just whatever kind of maintenance needs to happen in a parking lot, uh, we take care of it. Um, now, why is that important? Um, it's very much a commercial B2B play. Yep. Um, we're going after commercial property managers as customers, um, general contractors, paving companies, you know, like schools, hospitals, churches, like anywhere there's a parking lot, we go find out who's taking care of it in terms of our uh, decision making and uh, and then work to take care of it for them. Um, parking lots are everywhere. And that's yes. really what's attractive to this brand. Um, the upside uh, is limitless. The fact that it's pretty much 100% commercial is exciting for a lot of my candidates they, they don't really want to be in a in a right. residential type business um your average ticket's higher your margins are better it's just easier typically to work with um commercial customers um you know so that's really where i spend most of my time is working with executives that want to spend uh their time in the b2b or the commercial space is the is the, the model a reoccurring revenue model i mean when we think about paving a parking lot and striping it, uh, it uh, you know, the first thing that may come to mind is it's like putting a roof on a house. You know, you're done for 20 years. Is is there a recurring revenue routine maintenance for parking lots and shopping centers, schools? I mean, 
There is, that, yeah. that, that's an important so, play, I would think. Yeah, so think of the, where these parking lots are, weather is involved, right? So you got the sun, the rain, the traffic. Um, so on average, and, and you could Google this, it's it's easy to find. You're going to restripe a line about every 18 to 24 months. Um, think of the cracks that you have in, in right, the parking yep. lots, potholes. You know, people have a pothole, and then the next year they have a pothole, right? So um, all these services are very reoccurring. And the the thing that people find out when they start investigating is very fragmented. So, Scotty, think about all the different brands and franchising and just all the different service brands on one side, you might have a, a an industry that's got eight or nine or 10 franchises already in it. Like all dry. There's all kinds right. of water and mold remediation companies. On the other hand, you have maybe one or two franchises and then it's all mom and pop driven, like local owner operators. That's the space Everline plays in is there's very few national uh, players in this space. So from a competition standpoint, people really like it. They're going up against right. local owner operators. Um, and we're bringing a very professional model to a very fragmented, unsophisticated industry, which again, people really like. Yep. You know, we, we talked about earlier in the podcast about characteristics, common traits between people. When you look at the franchisees that are coming in, is there some common denominators? I mean, are these executives, um, you know, is... is Everline does probably doesn't fit into the most sexy category of franchising. Uh, you know, people may think it's it's well, I got to get my hands dirty. But are you looking for more of that executive uh, who can provide oversight, management, management the crews, or hire the people to manage the crews? I mean, where where's the common uh, trait here among your franchisees? Yeah, it's funny you ask. I'm actually hosting a group of potential buyers here this morning, um, and of the 51 folks that we've brought in um, almost exclusively, I would say it's people that came out of corporate America. Um, they owned a franchise. We got several people that owned a franchise and are adding their second or third. Okay, great. Um, and, and these are folks that lead the business, work on the business. Um, they're not involved in the day-to-day -day of striping lines, right? So most of our owners, if they are gonna spend a, a lot of time in the business, will be on the sales side. So we have a lot of folks that have sales background um, because in any franchise, revenue cures all ails, right? Revenue right. fixes problems. <laughs> That's right. So our owners spend more time um, with their sales team filling the funnel. And then they have like a crew leader or an operations manager, team lead, working on the job site, taking care of the work. So you hit the nail on the head. It's executives that are spending their time growing their business, um, not in the day-to-day -day of striping lines and fixing potholes, uh, as an example. Um now, who is buying? Because I know you kind of asked that in the, right. in the same question. Um, I'll go back to the, somebody who's really looking for a brand to execute and and just follow the structure um, is really at the top of our list. Everline has one of the most robust marketing programs I've ever seen. Interesting. Whether it's pay-per-click or outbound marketing, um, they have a huge national account program. So the second piece I get is folks that their number one concern is lead generation. How do I go right. find customers? Well, when mm -hmm. I can show them our national account program and tell them I've got corporate people working just as hard as they are locally to find business, they get pretty excited about that. Um, and then the other thing I'll tell you, um, 
people that have like a blue collar background yep but are now white collar in their career love this kind of industry because they grew up you know using their hands they might have grew up right. on a farm yep. or grew up you know doing construction work or something mm. like that um they get the upside um, but they like using their hands and you know getting out and visiting the team outside they, they love this model great great um item seven investment range you're going to be somewhere in the 130 to 240, 250 range, depending on how many territories you want to pick up um, or whether you buy or lease the equipment. Um, but it's 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 very uh, affordable brand to get into. Okay. And uh, financial requirements, uh, net worth, uh, liquidity, minimum liquidity? We look for 75000 liquid, 250 net worth. Okay. SBA on the SBA registry. Um, yeah, um, I don't know an exact amount, but it got over half of the uh, franchises we've awarded have been at SBA, so they okay, know us good. really well. Good, good. Mike, um, just to close out here, because um, I know you got some guests behind you, behind your walls there, and uh, you want to get back and take care of them. But um, the person who's considering franchising, uh, one of the things that I've always kind of pushed on to my clients and kind of make sure that they they're on track is to put yourself in a position to learn, uh, want to know. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people got discouraged about franchising or not awarded to franchises because, you know, they thought they knew more than everybody else, uh, especially the brand. Um, if you were going to give us one or two points on people who are thinking about getting into franchising, um, as far as the best advice to learn more about a brand, any any sure. suggestions, any guidance, you know, two quick points? Yeah, in terms of learning about a brand, I study the corporate location. Um, and and a lot of people want to, they will validate with other franchisees. And I think that's important to go talk to existing franchisees. But you don't know what kind of operators they are. Like, so when you're talking to somebody, you could be talking to their number one franchisee in the system, or you could be talking to somebody that's having a hard time getting rolling. You know, if you study the corporate location, you'll learn all the things they did well, all the things they struggled with. And then I asked myself, how repeatable is that? Right. With, with what they're doing, can I take what they're doing? And if I go do that, do I have a strong you know, likelihood of success? Um, so me personally, I spent a lot of time studying the corporate location, how long it took them to get to whatever milestones they were at. Um, and can I do it quicker and faster uh, with what they built? Interesting. Great, great advice. I mean, I, 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 I'd say spot on as far as the validation uh, process, because uh, when it comes to franchising, uh, you know, you want to make that validated decision, not an emotional decision. So uh, Mike, Mike, uh, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Um, you know, what's uh, email, phone number, LinkedIn? Sure. Yeah. So M Samson at franchisefastlane.com uh, is my easiest way to, to ping me and get a hold of me. Um, they can all obviously go through you. You can get a hold of me pretty quickly. Um, so I would say those two routes is just run through you if they want to learn about uh, uh, Everline. If somebody wants to ask me questions from the podcast, run through you or M Sampson at franchisefastlane.com. Great, great. Mike, I wish we had more time because I know you got things behind you going on, as I mentioned, and uh, uh, we 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 want to stay focused on the important issues in franchising and. Uh, I appreciate your time. It's always great to see you. And I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, I don't know if you'll be at IFA, but I'll be there. So hopefully we, uh, if you're there, we can connect and uh, 
share a pint or two. <laughs> so I'll look you up and uh, <laughs> greatly appreciate it this morning, Scotty. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Hey, everybody, this is Scotty Milas, All Things Considered Franchising, powered by Scott Milas, FranchiseCoach.com. Our guest has been Mike Sampson, Senior Director of Development for Franchise Fastlane and focusing on Everlining Coatings and Services. Also a franchisee with the Everline Coatings and Services brand in Aldry. Uh, until next time, uh, have a great day and uh, look forward to connecting. Thank you.